This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Okay, so what do boxing and politics have in common? Nothing other than you go out there and you knock out your opponent if you possibly can. Love Mondo is a South African boxing professional who is one of the independent candidates for the 2024 elections. Now, you did hear in that clip, that news clip earlier on, an expert explaining that one of the fundamental uh, changes in the 2024 poll is that we're going to have three ballot papers this year. Um, I don't know what they look like. I don't know what the process of registration is like. Everybody's been trying to explain to us how you register political organizations so that it can actually qualify to be on the ballot paper. Those are all technicalities that the IEC has worked out and should help us to communicate to the public. But you're going to be Going in, there were three ballot papers, and one of them is dedicated to these independent candidates. How many votes do they need in order to get a seat in Parliament? I think the threshold uh, for them slightly differs uh, from that of political organisations, but it is still very, very much a steep hill for many independents to come forward. Nonetheless, it's an important milestone uh, for South Africa. um, And the admission of these independent candidates uh, is actually as a result of uh, an order by the Constitutional Court, I think it was in 2020, that said Parliament had to make amendments to the electoral law and that it is fully in keeping with democracy to have individuals who are not affiliated to a political organization, but whose contribution can still have an impact in broader society, whose values and expertise in terms of how to solve for some of the problems in the society, they should be given room to contest without having to have a banner of a political organization. So many people have spoken about Zaki Ahmad, we know him, one of the founders of the Treatment Action Campaign, who has a long history in struggle and protest and activism, UDF roots. So he's very prominent, but he's not the only one. And there's quite a few others. And one of them is Lovemore Ndo, who moved to Australia 27 years ago. Um, and then last year, proverbially threw his hat into the ring, announcing he'll be running as an independent candidate uh, in the general elections of the 29th of May 2024 here in the Republic of South Africa. Himself, a three-time world boxing champion in two weight divisions, he now runs a law firm, Love More Lawyers, in Sydney, Australia. Um, And um, he's going to be one of those who says he's got something to offer the country. Good morning to you, Love More uh, Ndo. Good morning, and thank you for having me on your program. Uh, it is our pleasure. You know, as as I was reading out your bio, I'm thinking, I wonder if he's got an Australian accent yet. <laughs> 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 if I should be saying good day, mate. <laughs> yeah, good day, mate. No, I, no, I still got the South African accent. <laughs> Very much so. That. Very much so. I can hear it. Uh, welcome to you. Okay, so you are one of the independent candidates uh, that's going to be vying in the 2024 election. Tell me what prompted you to say, you know what, I've got something to say and I've got a contribution to make politically. Well, look, I, I think uh, as a citizen, I have a responsibility, you know, a responsibility 
to act and save my country where I can see that, uh, you know, the country is on the brink of collapse. Uh, you know, I look, I might have been based in Australia for 27 years, you know, but uh, I've, I've been an observer, you know, of the ANC meet. Uh, when I left South Africa, I didn't cut, you know, the umbilical code. So I've been very, very connected to South Africa and I'm well aware, you know, of all the challenges the country is facing. And, uh, I, and you know, to be quite honest, I'm very, very disappointed with the ANC. You know, uh, prior to the 1994 elections, you know, they made some, you know, they made a lot of promises. You know, they promised better housing, more jobs, you know, better healthcare systems. But all we have now, you know, is an avalanche of corruption. So, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, and I feel I have the responsibility to try and save my country. That's why I'm going into politics. Okay, so uh, there's quite a few quite a few things that you've said, and your entry into politics is that as a patriot, you still care about the country. Uh, from your vantage point, things are moving in the opposite direction uh, from uh, the progress that was promised, and you feel that as citizens, uh, people need to step up and do something. The Australia factor. Is that not an inhibiting variable? I mean, if you've been living in Australia for 27 years, yes, you don't cut the umbilical cord with your country, but you're not living the South African reality. You're not driving around potholes every day or dealing with load shedding or better still, you are not enjoying the benefits of primary health care when before you never had primary health care or a sponsored government house when before you never had a government house or your child enjoying um, subsidized education at tertiary level when you yourself couldn't have done it. Those are what South Africans will tell you. There's the good, the bad and the ugly, but it's a South African reality that you are far removed from. No, I totally disagree with that. You know, like I said, you know, I might have been based, you know, in Australia for a long time, but, uh, you know, I've been an observer of the ANC meets. You know, I've been coming back and forth uh, to South Africa, so I know what's going on. And funny enough, you know, um, I might have been based, you know, in Australia, but I know more about South African politics more than most people that have been living in our in, uh, in in South Africa, you know, uh, think of it this way, you know, um, our, the former, our former leader, you know, Nelson Mandela, he spent 27 years in jail where he had no access, not even to any media outlets, he had no access to newspapers, but that didn't stop him from becoming a great leader, Didn't that didn't stop him from knowing what was happening in South Africa. Now, I, we live in a different world today, you know, where the world is just in front of you. You know, we've got, you know, access of the whole world uh, through, uh, through, you know, through through the media and, and social media. So I know what's going on in South Africa. And another thing, you know, I, I don't think having lived in Australia for such long is a disadvantage to me. In fact, I think it's an advantage because if you look at me, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't been involved in corruption. You know, everything I own, you know, I've worked hard for. So for me, come, you know, you have to remember that, okay. you know, going into politics, you know, it's a profound decision that should never be made, you know, based on personal okay. you know, ambitions only. Okay. For me, for me, it's a decision that I made based on the need for change. Okay. So, you know, uh, okay, we got you. So what you're saying is being far away, 
um, in the land of the Wallabies doesn't make you disconnected in any way from the South African reality. And you're attuned, you come home regularly, and from where you stand, albeit far away, um, it is a bleak picture of what South Africa is a shadow of itself, and you believe that you, you have something to offer. That's fine. Okay, so let's talk about technically how you sign up to be an independent candidate, because after a few uh, back and forths, uh, to the Constitutional Court, uh, lobbies sponsored by the Rivonia Circle and quite a few others, it was concluded that um, an independent candidate would need 1,000 signatures or 15% of the people living in the region in which they are contesting in order to be eligible to vote. So in other words, even Ayla Ratumbele can be uh, an independent candidate if in the area that I am contesting, a thousand people can attach their names uh, behind my own. So for you, how does it work? Because you're not living in the region in which you're, te- in which you're contesting. No, I sure. You know, I, I, I've been living back and forth. I own properties in the Limpopo region. And, uh, you know, um, funny enough to, by the time the court made, you know, mm. the decision, you know, made, made the order, you know, that... Uh, only 1,000 uh, registered, you know, uh, signatures are required. I already had close to 8,000 signatures. So, you know, I, I was well ahead of everybody. So it, it didn't bother me. I knew even if the court didn't rule differently, I was going to come up with the 14,000 required signatures. Okay, you'd meet the threshold. Yes. Okay, so you say in the area where you own property, in the Limpopo region. So are you contesting in Limpopo? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. As an independent candidate, you can only contest in one province. Okay. And that's the province where you're registered. To vote, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And that's where you have property and that, that's where you're domiciled when you're here. So what are the issues you've seen in that part of Limpopo? If you, if you had to give us um, a real proper evaluation of what needs to be done, you would say what? Look, there's a job issue. People need jobs. You know, there is a fail of you know um, failure of you know um, um, of service delivery. You know, people are struggling. You know, uh, I was it's funny. I was sitting listening. You know, to the president. You know, giving his state of the nation address, and he's talking about all these you know uh, schools they've built. Funny enough, I went to Messina High School. You know, and uh, I was shocked. This is a school that I attended. You know, I walked into the classrooms. You know, it looked like a pig style. You know, um, you know, I wouldn't even let my dog live in there, but that's where our children are attending school, and this is where we're supposed to be molding our future leaders. You know, um, at, you know, there was also, but three weeks ago, you know, we had floods in Messina, and uh, you know, um, properties were damaged. You know, and water, the water that was, you know, uh, flooding the, you know, the properties. It wasn't just water; it was mixed with sewage. You know, and and nobody did anything about it until I and my people, we started cleaning up. When we started cleaning up, that's when the municipality started getting involved. Had we not, had I not instigated that, nothing would have happened. The same thing happened in, in uh, Toando. You know, we went, there was a sewage, you know, there was flowing next to the market. The, and it's been happening for, happening for, for, for weeks. And they, the municipality did nothing about it until I got involved with my my people. We started fixing that, you know, yeah. the blockage, and yeah. that's when the municipality got involved. So there's no 
service, you know, um, you know, the the, 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 the municipality is just doing nothing about it. So there's job issues, there's uh, um, educational issues, you know, and, and, and lack of service delivery. Okay. Uh, what else do you think are fundamental issues? Because, I mean, I think I think nationally uh, there is an admission that there needs to be a stimulus of the economy and jobs need to be created and more investments need to be rolled out. But depending on which region of the country you're in, uh, there are other uh, pressing issues. Uh, so again, I'd like you to just elaborate on those are your primary look, concerns. But what else? Look, the biggest issue is corruption. We need to get rid of corruption, you know. And the biggest mistake that was made, you know, was uh, you know the you know the introduction of BE, the Black Economic you know, em- you know uh, Empowerment. And 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 don't get me wrong, you know, the idea behind it, you know, is laudable. You know, it's a policy that was put in place, you know, to allow you know uh, blacks who were denied you know uh, participation in the economy during apartheid to participate, but. It turned, you know, it's a trigger of an avalanche of corruption. You know, only those in power are benefiting from it. You know, and, and apart from that, you know, it creates irresponsibility and entitlement. Nothing is happening, you know, with you know when it comes to the ordinary person. Okay. So we need, apart from that, apart from that, you know, it's a policy that's, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, potential investors is keeping potential investors away. Okay. I'd like you, know, you to uh, elaborate a little bit more. So, so in your opinion, BE in principle uh, is laudable, but in application, it's very problematic because it has created a situation of patronage, and patronage that's led to corruption is what I'm hearing you say. So, how then definitely. would you approach uh, a situation of a country with grave inequality? South Africa is one of the most unequal societies in the world, and unfortunately, because of the history of this country, that inequality is not just class; it's it has a very strong racial component to it because apartheid was a system of racial segregation of the economy so that blacks are labor, whites are owners and equity. You know, we know the story. So in dismantling that history, you have to have some kind of a policy that is deliberately intent on addressing that racial social inequality. What would you propose? Well, but, you know, if you look at BE, you know, it's... uh it's created another for a new form of apartheid. You know, the only key difference is that the current unofficial apartheid is not legislated, yet it has an enormous impact on the people. It is also creating racism. You know, it supports racism, which as far as I'm concerned, you know, is a disease that can make you think less of yourself. You know, it diminishes you right to the core. And, you know, and and and, and, and look, if you have a policy in place that only benefits a certain race, that's racism. That's apartheid. You know, I, unless that policy, unless do, that policy is here to address the historical structured racism that defines the current status quo, we cannot start reversioning history because white people are uncomfortable with BEE. Now, what you've said is the application of BEE is problematic. I, I think not many people would disagree with that view, but the fact that there needs to be redress and restitution in South Africa can't be just. Uh, dismissed as a kind of reverse racism, a country that has known colonization, segregation, institutionalized racism in the form of apartheid, and then we must do what? 
to address it. Just sing but, Kumbaya. Are you, are, are no, you no, for real right now? It. Look at it this way. You know, it's been 30 years now. 30 yes, to years. dismantle 350 years of segregation yes. and colonization. Yes, it's time now, you know, we start treating people, you know, at a level playing field. You know, there are some white people they were who were born just prior to, uh, you know, to the uh, first democratic election or after the democratic elections. Why should they be treated differently? Nobody's treating Why them differently. They? No, but who's treating somebody differently by saying, well, by saying in your procurement policy here at Power 98.7, okay? In fact, not at Power 98.7. In your procurement policy as an enterprise in South Africa, please make sure that you've got X percent of local content, black and female representation. That's not treating anybody differently. That's not saying a child born in 1994 should not be considered. What we're saying is, as you're considering all those candidates, you go on merit and then you go on redress, racial and gender, and then you can open it up. And it's not a 100% policy of empowerment. It's a 30 to 40 or 50% depending on the size of the business. No, this is a policy that's only benefiting the elite. Okay, it's not benefiting the ordinary people. You know, this policy needs to be replaced with a policy that will allow participation, a broader participation in the economy by all people of South Africa, irrespective of race or gender. All right, so my question to you... Without compromising the economy. Now we have a situation... We have a situation where we are actually compromising the economy. Okay. As I, all right. So, so a lot, point, a lot, a lot of what you said, finish? a lot Can of I what you finish? said, love more. No, no, you're repeating yourself. So let's move on. A lot of what you've said, we concur with the fact that the application of BEE hasn't worked well. So my question to you is, what do you propose as redress? Because we can't ignore the historical reality. So without ignoring that reality, what do you propose as a system of redress? Well, that's what I was just telling you, and you cut me off. We need to replace it with a, you know, with a policy that will allow broader participation by all people of South Africa. But that's not know, redress. That's, you've had 30, 30 years of redress, and what's, what has happened so far? Yeah, to dismantle 350 years of colonization and apartheid. So the question is, what do you do to address a very real issue of inequality in South Africa? Do you have a plan for that particular social context? We have to create jobs. We have to replace policies like BEE so we can allow potential investors to come to South Africa and create job opportunities for people. We have to build better schools and allow better education. We're talking about, no, you've got a government that's talking about We've, you know, we have an improved educational system, but that's not correct. That's, that's, they're just saying it. It's not correct. You need to get out there, have a look. You know, you are in a position to say that because you are benefiting from BE. Me? Anyone that supported war. How dare you? The absolute audacity. You know nothing about me. So first and foremost, I am a beneficiary of affirmative action in the country because I'm a black female. I'm also a black female who has academic qualifications. Thirdly, I'm a female in the media. And thirdly, and fourthly, I'm a female who does not have any government contract. I have zero government contract. I have zero government contract. It matters. Being a woman matters in a country of misogyny and patriarchy. Being black matters 
that is in a country of historical adjustment. And then when you talk merit, I have merit. I have a master's degree in, in development economics. So actually, I'm qualified well, to do seven, many, I many things. Those, I'm, so don't, don't no, you've got an LLB and an LLM, not any background in development Nana, economics. I've got seven uh, and so, degrees, and so, don't, and so, let's move on. What you are not going to do, love more, uh, love more, Ndo, is not have an idea for reconstruction in the country and then label me a beneficiary of BEE. You are not going to do that. You are not going to create a narrative about me because you don't have a plan. You don't have a plan, Papa. people like you that are benefiting from BEE will say things like that. And only people like you who've lived in Australia for 30 years are out of touch and think that black people are going to just wake up and suddenly have redress in an economy that has an entrenched structured racism and that has a lot of poverty. It is so, so unfortunate. Anyway, the thing has deteriorated. It is not what it is meant to be. I think what you should do is uh, concentrate on uh, the campaign that you are running, we wish you the best of luck. But from where I'm standing, uh, Love Mondo, I think you'd have better chance in the boxing ring of uh, making sense of your politics. Because uh, just in terms of understanding where South Africa is at in 2024, my gosh, you're really, really basking in that Australian sun. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.